Cole. Hello. <laughs> Teaming up there. Nice, nice synchronization. Uh, tonight, we are doing Perks of Being a Wallflower. It's available on Netflix. Uh, we, we, we've been taking listener suggestions, but uh, we've been also kind of sprinkling in our own stuff we've been meaning to get to. And Jess actually brought this one up. Uh, I had an interest in it because I bought the movie on DVD years ago, and it's been sitting on my shelf, and I've never even opened it. So I was like, you know what? I needed a good reason to actually watch this. So Jess, uh, what, what got you interested in picking this? I think it's always been in the back of my mind of movies that I wanted to watch. And recently I saw my cousin's Instagram story and she posted that she watched it and, and like it made her cry terribly. And I was like, okay, I need some feeling. I can watch this. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> Nicole, do you know anything about it going in? Um, no, I just knew the uh, famous quote that we get from this movie. Well, I guess we'll get to it. Uh, the <laughs> perks of being a wallflower. An introvert freshman is taking under the wings of two seniors who welcome him to the real world. It's an interesting way to put it. Uh, it's, it's a coming-of-age teen drama. So there you go. That's a, a more most apt way to put it. If you have not seen Perks, it is on Netflix, as I said. Uh, we are sticking to streaming movies for here on out. So if you have anything to suggest to us, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But we do spoil it. So, uh, yeah, go check it out if you have any interest because we're spoiling it now. We rate things here at Films with Women in My Life based on four criteria. And those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. Uh, set in 1992, so we're going back a ways, uh, a young high school student, Charlie, uh, has been suffering from clinical depression. Uh, he is a, a, a he's a wallflower. He's shy. He does not talk to anybody really. Uh, doesn't have any close friends. Uh, and it's his freshman year of high school. Um, he is kind of brought in a little bit by two seniors, uh, Patrick and his stepsister Sam, uh, at a football game. And uh, they he, they introduce him to their group of friends, and he is kind of welcomed into this like artsy goth like outsider kind of group of kids but like you know friendly enough people uh and you know we learn more about his depression and what uh what has triggered that and I think what she called uh, them the island trau- of lost toys right miss the uh, island of misfit, misfit toys, toys yeah. which is a, a very common <laughs> a very common phrase for such for such a group of characters um and they kind of are um but yeah, he we learn more about his depression and what uh, what stems from his trauma. Uh, we learn a little bit about our other characters and, and their own uh, personal demons and things they struggle with day to day. So it's a nice coming of age teen drama uh, without giving any more plot plot points away. Uh, I will start with the woman who picked this. Jess, what do you think of the plot of this movie? Ooh, so I, I think I had very high expectations just briefly based on what my cousin posted. But I think mm-hmm. the plot is just average. Um, I I didn't get the impression that she got of it when it was done. I didn't realize it was a high school movie, and I don't think there are any high school movies that I really like. I don't think it's my kind of thing. It, I liked his journey. Um, it was definitely a coming of age and his growth out of all the troubles that he's been going through. Um, it's definitely relatable um, being in his shoes or anyone that you know that might have been but I, I don't think that it's anything over the top or that I'm going to really think about much more. So I'm just going to say it's average. I'll give it a solid three. What do you think, Nicole? I, I remember when this movie came out. I think it was in like 2012, right? Yeah, I yeah think 2012. Right. Yeah. yeah, and we were like 17, 18 years old when this came out. So I, I know that a lot of people that um, I went to school with and stuff 
were interested in the book and, and the movie. Um, so that's kind of the backstory that I had on it. Um, I never saw it. So I, you know, when you told me that we were watching this, I was interested because I wanted to see, you know, kind of what people in 2012 were finding as good teen movies. Watching it now, it really reminds me of a lot of newer things, uh, specifically 13 Reasons Why on Netflix. I just really, they, they mirrored each other as I was watching this. A lot of the same themes are in that. Um, so I think that the plot itself is something that's very easily carried on into different pieces of work. Um, so, I mean, to me, that makes it a, a, a successful movie. It makes it a successful plot. I, I really liked watching this because, you know, it was just an interesting story from a perspective that I didn't expect us to get from our main character. So I, I enjoyed it. I'll give it a... I'll give it like a like a three point five. So this uh, we did another high school coming of age movie like maybe a couple months ago. Uh, big time adolescence. That's much more of a comedy than this. But uh, I talked about in that, and I think Nicole did too. How that really spoke to like how our high school experience was. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not not really how I experienced high school uh, with with the clicks and the the, the the interactions. It's it's set before we were in high school, uh, so it's it's not as relatable in that respect. Um, so I just kind of had to take it and go with the story. And another genre I don't love is the teen melodrama. Like you said, what 13 reasons why we just watched that other show on Netflix was outer banks. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't like teen (laughs) melodrama. This isn't quite like that. This has a little bit more of a cinematic feel and quality to it. It it doesn't, uh, it doesn't bog down in the childish relationships and the, and the, and the, uh, catastrophizing of mundane things. The issues they deal with in this are a little more, uh, adult, a little more like actually everyone can relate to as opposed to just like, oh, he hurt my feelings so bad. I don't right. know how I'll recover. And like th- this, this has a little more substance. It has some of that in it too, but it has a little more substance to it at its heart. Uh, and I like the journey our characters take on. Um, I'm with, I'm with Jess. It's like a solid three. It's just, it's not the plot that I, super care about but um you know i i we take we take a nice journey with our main character i i definitely am hot and cold on him throughout the movie uh and as well as some of our side characters so let's let us talk about these characters we have quite a few logan lerman plays charlie he's our main protagonist the shy freshman uh, emma watson is sam and ezra miller is patrick they're the uh stepbrother and sister uh mary elizabeth is played by may whitman uh we also have who's the other girl alice played by aaron Will Hile, Will Helmy, uh, whatever. Uh, Kate Walsh and Dylan McDermott are the dad and mom. Uh, Paul Rudd is Mr. Anderson, the English teacher. Uh, we have uh, who else do we have here? Oh, uh, Candace is uh, Charlie's sister. Johnny Simmons plays Brad. The and the Nina jock Dobriv also... is the sister. Nina Dobriv is the sister. Yep. Uh, Johnny Simmons is Brad, the jock who has a relationship with one of the other characters. Uh, and then Melanie Linsky is in the flashbacks as Aunt Helen, and Joan Cusack shows up later as Doctor Burton. Uh, we got other characters that's in here. A it's a high school characters. movie. So this a, I mean, that's already a lot, but we have tons of characters even more trickling in and out of the story. But uh, Nicole, what do you think of these Ponytail characters? Ponytail Brad Devin or whatever his name was. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Ponytail Derek. Derek. Yeah. I can't forget him. <laughs> um, I'd like to, but <laughs> I think all the characters really work together in this and it makes for an all around pleasure to watch. Um, 
you know, when, when you have like a high school movie, it could really go in two different directions for me in terms of the main character. I mean, we could have him be a loser and have him sit back the whole movie and, and force and fight into becoming something. Or we can have what happened here, which is we actually get a really well-rounded group of friends from the beginning. It's not like, oh, those are the bad kids. And then we're going to see him go through this struggle and having this internal crisis of having shitty friends. And and I'm so happy to see that. I I was nervous in the beginning because they showed Patrick as being like the goofball uh, class clown. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy is going to turn Charlie wrong. And I'm just really happy to see that that's not the case, that we actually found his lifelong, if you want to say that, friends, which is really awesome. Um, So that dynamic of the characters just following each other the whole time and actually caring about each other um, was really good. The side characters, I mean, they were, they were fine. They didn't add as much value to me as our, our core three. I think that the, that relationship of the three of them together was just awesome. Um, if there's one thing that I had to laugh at is when I saw Kate Walsh on the come up, I, that's kind of what instantly gave me 13 Reasons Why vibes is because she's also the mom in a drama where the main theme is suicide. And I think we get a little bit of that feeling in this one, of course. And it just made me laugh. She's like, always the mellow is she just teen like, mom yeah, thing. She, she's like got her niche, I guess, show. as being the suicide kid mom. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, th- I just think that it was cast really well and for that, I think I'm going to give the characters a four. What do you think, Jess? I think my thoughts are kind of similar to the plot. Um, I liked him and all the characters, and I didn't like really dislike any. I agree with Nicole. I like the route it took. I like that the main character found a nice, supportive group of friends that he'd immediately accepted. It wasn't a whole movie about him like trying to find friends, trying to find his place. He actually did find his place. It's just having his place and then dealing with his internal struggles on the side. I'm going to say I probably disliked Sam the most, and I don't think it's because of the character Sam. I've just never liked Emma Watson too much. So if they cast her as somebody oh else, I probably would have liked her more. <laughs> um, and I, I think I liked Patrick the most, just because he was a little out there. He was definitely different, and especially for being in um, 92, I'm sure he was more unique than he would have been if he was maybe filmed nowadays. So, I, I like the the dynamics of the characters. Um, I think it was very cringeworthy to watch Mary Elizabeth and oh, um, poor thing. Charlie <laughs> date. Like, uh, I don't even know if I really like liked that part. Um, I, I think they could have done without it. I don't think it did too much, and it was just like stupid to watch. But, I like the cringe. I love the cringe of that those scenes. <laughs> but I agree with Jess though because it's really apparent that both of them like each other but it's also apparent that sam doesn't want to move that way and then when we get later on her attitude towards him when she's about to leave for college is different and that really puts like a little bit of like a hesitance for me too on sam as a character because she's she really is like wishy-washy like i don't know how else to explain it but i agree with that mary elizabeth scenes it, I wish that they didn't even put them in there. I wish that it just they just had Sam and him get together, I guess. 
Yeah, I, it didn't really do it for me. I guess I needed some sort of conflict for like him to be mad at his friend. I'm sorry for him to for his friends to be mad at him or some sort of fight that had to go on just so they can reunite. Um, but I don't like how they really did that. And then he just redeemed himself by punching um, someone who was making fun of Patrick. So whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> just going to it. <laughs> <laughs> the emotional turning points of the movie, eh, didn't really do it for me. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's, that's my thought towards it. So I'm just going to give it, again, just a regular three, a passing C plus or something. <laughs> you're like uh, you're like Patrick. Yeah, he got the C minus on, on his, his clock because <laughs> he um, didn't want yeah, to be dealt with. Below average. I remember like certain scenes from like seeing it on TV so much, or like that scene in the tunnel scene. I think we're always playing on commercials on TV or on demand or something. So our three main characters, Charlie, Sam, Patrick, all have some sort of like either trauma or abuse, or they're going through something. So, so Charlie, we learn later on, has been sexually abused. We'll talk about that more towards the end. Uh, Sam uh, has probably also been sexually abused. We learn about her first kiss at the age of eleven from her father's boss. Uh, nice little dropped yeah. line that we don't that we don't have to explore. I think that th- that those two lines say it all, and that's perfect. Uh, perfect, like instantaneous character development. And then Patrick is gay in a time where you can't really be openly gay. And not only is he one of the few openly gay people, but his he has a relationship with someone who's not openly openly gay, and that's the football player Brad, who is you know stereotypical late 80s early 90s jock he's kind of an asshole yeah so Mm. so they all have things they're dealing with and then also mary elizabeth is there um who i feel horribly (laughs) bad for i really do i like i like her because she's she takes a lot of shit from the rest of her friends but she i think it's because she can she's kind of charlie was ragging on her the whole movie (laughs) i know and i guess that made her like him so i you know (laughs) take that what you will um yeah, I feel terrible for her, and I don't like Charlie until we understand. Like, I kind of had an inkling of like, why do they keep cutting, you know, into flashbacks when he's a kid with this, with this, uh, with this crash that killed his aunt? And I'm like, eh, there's definitely going to be something going on with all that later, and we, 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 we are, we are brought to that to light. But um, I don't like Charlie until that happens. I don't, I don't, I'm not with him. He's kind of handed a plate of cool friends on a silver platter cool older friends like he doesn't really do anything to earn that and then he throws it he fucks it all up like in that in the spin the we're not spin the, the truth or dare scene oh yeah. terrible in, in, like he's he's the yeah. worst and that's why i feel terrible for mary elizabeth and i guess i'm kind of with you guys sam's never my favorite i don't really like jump on board with with her i like patrick and i like mary elizabeth and i learned to like charlie later um they're the four worth talking about everyone else is uh, more ancillary and uh, uh used as devices for our main characters but um there's there's stuff to like about these characters but uh not super memorable. Not gonna, not gonna stick with me. I'm actually kind of with Jess on this one so far. I'm, I'm also at a three. Uh, it's a nice C minus. <laughs> C minus. <laughs> Sam really, R- really irritates below me. average. <laughs> it, it's 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 average. It's 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 a C plus. But we'll stick with the C minus joke for the sake of it. Yeah. Say, Nicole. <laughs> Sam really irritates me because you know as we go like go on with the time and she's getting ready to leave for college. You know, after he's already kissed Mary Elizabeth and after they've already had their kiss and she even up front tells him, she's like, I like Craig and I want to explore that instead. And he's like, okay. And then she proceeds to kiss him and then gets mad at him later on for not ever asking her out. Like, I... 
that's what irritates me about her is maybe it's just mm-hmm. the way that she's been treated by men before but for her to say that to him like it's obvious that charlie wanted to ask you out it's obvious that he couldn't because you were going to say no and that he didn't want to spoil the friend group and i like shaming him for it she kind of irritated me yeah that's true i think that's a big reason why i wasn't in favor of her either she she knew if he would have talked about his feelings for her she would have just shut him down Mm -hmm. yeah no sam's i think we're all in agreement sam's uh makes the worst decisions of the of the group well charlie makes some bad decisions but i think sam makes consistently bad choices so um yeah there we are in the characters i still think they're well-rounded like interesting characters i don't know if i like root for them or like i would want to hang out with them per se i probably would want to hang out with them as friends but i don't want to be in a relationship with any of them jesus uh so the visual and sa- visual and sound uh again not the not the most uh visual stuff there's some sound stuff because there's a lot of music used in this movie um there's some i guess there's some visual stuff too but uh jess what do you got for that Mm, I think everyone, or what I think of visuals is probably the tunnel scene, just because that's everyone's favorite right. scene, and it's shot pretty cool, and every time I watch it, I'm like, I should try that. That seems no. kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole's like, oh, she's going like, to get her head chopped off or something, because you're always afraid of things. I almost that thought happening. that was going to happen to Emma Watson, when she, like, she was going to do that and then get hurt, and I was going to be like, that's Hereditary the movie. style. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was fun watching, like, the early 90s stuff, like, making mixtapes for each other or talking on the phone, like, on the landline, and then your mom's like, get off the phone, I need to use it. Like, that kind of (laughs) stuff kind of just always brings you back. But, yeah, not not too many, I guess, visuals that I'm going to really remember from this. I Honestly, I I can't really think of much. Um, But, again, this is a movie not for the visuals, more for the story. Um, So, I think I'm just going to... Keep doing what I've been doing. Just skip to three. <laughs> this is a three and move on kind of movie. We are moving kind yeah. of fast, but uh, maybe we'll talk more about the ending of this movie when we get there. Nicole, what do you got for visual and sound? Yeah, I mean, I agree. And to use actually sound as being one of these and visual as one of the biggest themes in this movie is like where I'm kind of standing at it. Like, you know, we see this this kind of bumps into my resonance and feel type of type of position but we see candace and she gets abused by her boyfriend by ponytail Derek, and charlie sees that and you know just this this line of abuse throughout this whole movie and we hear it from we see it from them and we hear it from sam and we see it in brad getting hit by his dad and we learn it about charlie from his aunt and a lot of abuse yeah Yeah, a lot of abuse going on (laughs) i mean that that theme really gets expressed well in the movie if you understand what i'm saying like we can see it that it's not just getting smacked in the face it's it's so many different things that could happen that could that could qualify as abuse to somebody and the the problems that come with it you know look at you know charlie has these thoughts in his head and he's writing to his um another horrible act his friend killed himself um Mm -hmm. you know him him writing letters to him and using the typewriter and stuff like all of these little pieces of the movie just add to the theme that they're trying to give us which i really appreciate um i i like the line of 
mixtapes that's going on. You know, it started mm-hmm. with the, I think it started with the older brother, with Charlie's older brother, and has passed down on now from Sam's friend in college giving him a mixtape. So that's, I like that, um, that they used that throughout the whole movie just to express the different music that people is, are listening to and what is setting the scene for each of, of, of the mixtapes. Um, I, I sound like I'm gushing over it. It is, it's, it's, it's an above average movie for me, but it's not like grabbing me to want to watch it again. It's hard to say. Um, I'll give it, I'll give it a three for the visuals. Yeah. So the visuals that we haven't really talked about, I mean, there's some cool, like showy stuff they do when they do Rocky horror picture show reenactments. I really like all that. as just like, just watching it and like mm-hmm. liking what I'm seeing. Cause you know, I like, I like the midnight movie show culture and I like everyone yelling at the screen and being all together and being rowdy and crazy about a movie. So I, I enjoy all <laughs> that. Um, I, yeah, the, the trauma theme we'll get into in a second, but that's also shown through, uh, the fl- consistent flashbacks for Charlie as he, anytime anything really happens, mm-hmm. anything traumatic happens, he has a lot of blackout episodes, including when he gets involved in the fight, uh, with Brad and, and, uh, Patrick. And, you know, obviously when he finally kisses Sam at the end and, you know, the, the leg touch gives him a, gives him a flashback. And, you know, there's just a lot of times when he, you know, you could see him about to a break and, and I think the movie conveys it pretty well cin- uh, cinematically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's the difference, but it's those differences that make it, and those differences in the thematic, um, the thematic handling of all of the various traumas and depression of the characters that raises it above your average, uh, I don't know, CW show, like your average teen melodrama TV show. I think this this is done in a way that uh, uh, gives more credence and makes me care more. Uh, it makes the issues feel more tangible to me rather mm-hmm. than just being like, uh, being a teenager is hard sometimes. So I think it elevates that. Um, the music's good. I like I like the old school music choices. So I'm I'll, I'm gonna be a little, little kind here and give it a three five oh. for the type of movie it is. For the type of movie it is, it could it, it's I think it's better than I enjoy those little bits and pieces more than I actually enjoy being with our characters and uh, uh, the story is solid, but uh, it's more to serve the arcs of the themes that we're going to encounter. Right. So the themes, let's talk about this ending. Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, you know, we, we also did not mention, I think they did a pretty fair job of giving us the illusion of him on the drugs that he's taking. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, they do pretty good. The yeah, struggling sometimes they give them impressive. a little bit like outlandish, ridiculous things. But when he took the, I think when he was took the LSD and um, everything was kind of uh, dragging, the people were dragging across. That was a great representation to me of just I can I can see him seeing that. It didn't feel too outlandish and fake. Right, not too over the top, like actually like realistic for yeah. Uh, and the scene like where that. he was digging the driveway, <laughs> he was just doing. I, I love that. When he was like a snow angel or something. <laughs> when he, when he's digging, he's like, I gotta clear the driveway, and it's just a circle. He's just <laughs> oh, yeah. a circle around himself. I fucking love that. Cool. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about what we get towards the end here. Uh, the, the, I guess the falling action after the fight, uh, you know, and they're all brought back together as a as a, as a threesome again. Um, you know, Patrick it takes Brad or uh, Patrick takes Charlie to uh, this this like base like a lookout point for gay kids, I guess, um, and kisses Charlie. And this is, is the first time we're seeing Patrick. Kids? Why do you say that? 
he said something about like that park is like is like um like a, it's like a gay meetup spot. Oh, so, like, I missed that. that. I didn't catch that. <laughs> like, like no, I wasn't the, just saying that because because he. I, I'm pretty sure he said it was like specifically like a, like a gay like a gay kid meetup spot. Oh, okay. anyway, uh, any, <laughs> anyway, uh, so you know he kisses him, and that's kind of like his that's Patrick's climactic moment where he's you know just had a bad breakup, and he's like he doesn't really know what he's doing charlie's not you know he's pretty cool about it um and uh meanwhile charlie's like his blackouts keep kind of getting worse especially when sam is accepted to penn state and they have that um they have that kiss in her room and then he touches and she touches his leg uh, we also find out craig's been cheating on her all all year so there's uh, some more wow trauma so points surprising for sam. yeah seriously <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> You two, as as a woman, you're just like rolling your eyes at this girl and her choices. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we we finally re- we we learn finally uh, that the flashbacks he's been having of his aunt Helen, who was killed in a car crash, uh, were uh, related to her touching him. Uh, she she uh, molested him as a child. Uh, sexual abuse memories are, are surfacing, and we also see briefly that she has cuts on her wrists. So she. Uh, was was depressed or suicidal as well. So that was of, the mom, right? No, the the aunt. The oh, aunt had the marks. They, look, they made them look pretty similar. So I was confused. Was it the mom? I thought it was the aunt. I after thought that. Yeah, I think it was the hand. aunt. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, uh, either either way. So there's you know more sprinklings of sadness, uh, and pain <laughs> and, and fucked upness. Uh, so so Charlie really starts getting unhinged after his friends go to school and he's and uh, he he uh, you know he calls his sister in a in a panic, and uh, he goes to uh, the hospital. He's uh, institutionalized. Uh, he has to work through his repressed memories with Doctor Burton, Joan Cusack's character, who just kind of shows up in the last fifteen minutes. I'm like, oh. There she is. I saw her in the credits. So I was wondering what that was, what was going mm-hmm. on there. So, um, you know, eventually he starts to kind of slowly get better and deal with his things. Uh, he meets with uh, different friends and and um, and family at the hospital, and he finally gets to leave. Uh, he has a little dinner with family dinner where things are slowly returning to normal. Sam and uh, Sam and Patrick come back to school, and Sam explains if he finally found the tunnel song. And I was like, found the song, and then I was like, oh, no internet. They didn't know what that song was called. They couldn't look <laughs> no it up. Shazam. So yeah, exactly. So they she's been like they've been looking for this song, and it's Heroes by David Bowie. And uh, so that's a that's a nice little that's reminder funny. of like, oh yeah. It's a I love that's a great little like sting ending before they go and do reenact the tunnel scene basically. Uh, this time it is Charlie standing up and uh, Sam, uh, him and Sam share one last kiss and he he drops that we are infinite line. I'm assuming that's the one you were talking about uh, earlier. Yeah, and uh, in this moment, yeah. I swear we are infinite. That's, yeah, that's the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the line. Uh, so that's how we that's how we wrap up our 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 nice little journey of healing and whatever uh just what do you think of the oh no wait is it just no it's nicole's turn sorry just you have to wait uh nicole what do you think of the resonance and feel (laughs) um i am very appreciative of the message that we're getting through this whole movie of you know you could have these horrific things happen in your life and you could have these uh, horrific feelings you know throughout your day-to-day but when you sounds corny but this is such a true thing when you find people that care about you and you find the friends that love you then those feelings don't need to be there and you know even if something doesn't turn out the way that you expect it to in charlie's case you know ending up with 
uh, Sam before she goes to college and stuff, you can still have that bit of hope when she, when she comes back and they're able to spend this time together and they kiss at the end. And we, I feel like we all know it's not going to work out because we know how it is when you have a high school love and you go to college and mm-hmm. I'm already like foreshadowing for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't Plus he's do in that. ninth grade, like right there's a big age gap that's know, so he's true. really thrust into all this adult shit <laughs> that's so true so he could be literally 14 years old but um anyway i didn't want i didn't think about that the first time so <laughs> um no i really enjoyed this and i'm hoping that when people first watched this when it came out in 2012 or whatever year it came out that it helped some people that perhaps were feeling this way going into high school and felt like the outsider. And, you know, I, I always hope that movies like this actually do speak to somebody at the time. This one has some, has some really deep themes that I wasn't expecting. And I think that it shows a good way to be able to cope with some of those things that may have happened to somebody in the past. So uh, for that reason, I am actually going to give it a four for the resonance and feel i i really felt a connection to it just just how good it, that it was what do you think jess um so i think the ending is probably the best part of the movie um although it it, it wasn't great but it it was the best part um i liked <laughs> how we learned about what happened to charlie and the whole time we thought that his depression or his insecurities came from his friend that committed suicide when actually it's just a whole nother layer that it just took him time to reveal. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes I guess that goes to show like you think you found the source of your depression or anxiety or whatever's going on, but it really could be something else entirely. And you really have to work through to to figure out what that was. Um, And I like the, the turn they took for it. So they showed him like going to the doctors, getting better, getting the help, still keeping his friends like he and his family is, you know, trying to make everything work and seem like it's fine. Like it's definitely an uphill progression from there. One thing I didn't like and I forgot which part of the movie this is, but when um, they're exchanging presents and Charlie gives um, Sam like the books that he likes. So she can always have a piece of him. And I'm like, she's not going to read your stupid books. It's like, she, she gave him such, she gave him such a good present, a typewriter, because he loves to write. He should have given her like something he wrote with the typewriter. That was her going, that was her going away gift for her graduation party. The writing with the typewriter, I agree, would have been a nice extra stain. Yeah. I think it's, I I think it's, well, I think it's personal though for him to give her his, his, his prized collection of books. He's basically giving the teacher's books away. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't he get that right. as a teacher? I think I he should have used the gift that he that she gave him, the typewriter that he loved, and then written something that she would have really appreciated. Not yeah. the like the hand-me-down books from the teacher <laughs> that... <laughs> I didn't take it that way. I took it as more of a, like, this is something uh, sentimental that I can give to you. So yeah, even you're, her you're expression right. was like... A- your ending's good. I like your ending better. Yeah, because she just, even I'm wrote yeah. a typewriter right about us. He wrote exactly. That's true. She, I All mean, right. he even could have like given the letters that he wrote to his friend and just been like, "Hey, I wrote these. Like, I think you should read them. You might like like mm-hmm. like what I my thoughts that I have or something." 
But well, he's no. probably not going to want to give them his depressing, like, dear friend. Well, okay, uh, maybe, notes. but no, they weren't really depressing. <laughs> they got better when he, and he wrote them less frequently because yeah, they, I think he didn't have to, like, express himself so much more. Um, so uh, things I liked about the ending, some things I didn't. But I'm, I'm going to give this a little bit better than the grades I have, so I'm just going <laughs> to set over the 3-5. <laughs> you're going to bump yeah. it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think this movie speaks to you more depending on how much you can relate to depression and abuse and, you know, basically how much trauma. This is a how much trauma did you have? The more trauma, I think the more you're going to like this, which Jess, you may want to speak to your cousin about if this made her cry because this didn't uh, this didn't hit any of my nerves. But uh, now I'm a little <laughs> worried that, you know, if someone who would be very touched by this movie is someone who can relate very close and... Um, if you're relating to these people in well, that that's way, that's not I mean, necessarily that's... true because, you know, you, if you put yourself back into, not you per se, if, if someone puts themselves back into their high school days and you can kind of pinpoint the person that fits into this category that Charlie does, where perhaps they were a new person or they looked un- uncomfortable, what underlying things were going on in that person's life that you, didn't know about that could cause them to be the outsider and that could cause them to have this depression and anxiety. So that's not necessarily true that it's the person that resonates with this is the person that it happened to. You need to open your eyes to this may be someone that I know that is fitting into these criteria a little bit. I I like and respect the handling of all of the themes in this, and um, I enjoy just the general movie that it is and the, the ride we take. Um, but I I personally can't relate on to a low, the, you know, to this level because any any you know hardships I've been through, I just don't think measure up. I don't have this level of trauma in my past, so. Uh, you know, I think, and I, I know Jess, you you are one of like the least depressed, anxious, like like mental problem people I know. Like this, this is very clearly you are not these people, um, Nicole. I I think maybe you're the you were the closest, but I still don't think you're not anywhere near. The, I mean, I can't the trauma can't, of these folk. Yeah, I can't put myself into their shoes directly, but um, something about their stories, I feel like I can just relate to just from people that I've known my life in my life growing up that have dealt with these situations that I could, I don't want to put myself in their shoes, but in order to sympathize, I can do such a thing that makes this movie have a little bit more of a, of a special meaning. I think that's a fair way to leave it. I think the closer you are either yourself or in your life with people Mm -hmm. to these issues, the more it will speak to you resonance and feel wise. I'll stick at a three, five because I, I I enjoy respect and uh, I like the way it handles all these themes. And I think, yeah, I think the closer you are to it, it will even speak to you even more, but uh, we're at the end here. Perks being a wallflower. Uh, Nicole, what do you think? You going to recommend it? Um, Yeah, I think that I would. I think that the themes, are very prominent now. Um, So I think that the movie definitely holds up for itself in that way. Um, It's also interesting to watch knowing that this was set in the nineties because it really puts you into perspective of like, okay, these people can't just go on Google for something and they can't just call their or text their friends when they need something. You know, that's the big thing about Charlie. He knows that Sam's going away for a while and I actually looked this up because I didn't know where it was set and it's set in Pittsburgh PA and she's going to Penn State which is probably about three hours or four hours away so I thought she was going like cross country like she's not going that far away. Oh no remember the dad's (laughs) a big Penguins fan I think some of the roads are very uh, yeah I didn't realize it was in in Pittsburgh but that 
Yeah. Any, anyway, they don't have the means to just text a friend when they need help, and they don't have a means to just jump on Facebook and say hi to somebody. So it's interesting to see that. How did people back then, how were they able to cope with these things? So I do recommend this for for anybody. Jess? Uh, that's a little disappointing because this movie's been on the back of my, I guess, back of my thoughts of movies I want to watch for, I guess, the last eight years. It got really Same. good reviews. So it's been on my shelf. <laughs> I, yeah. So I, I thought I would like it and I'd be like, oh, I'm finally watching the movie I've meant to watch for years. And I did. And it didn't do much for me. It was, it was good to watch. It was like, I never got bored. I was always in it, but it was just too average for me to ever recommend it to someone or speak so highly of it i'm glad i watched it now it's checked off my list and i think give me some perspective i liked the characters um but it's it's not enough to give me any sort of push i uh i'm gonna soft recommend it because i don't think anyone's going to dislike this movie i think at worst your reaction will be justice reaction or it's like eh, as fine as average i think that's kind of the worst you're gonna give this movie i can't really see anyone really hating this or really like just not enjoying it at all i mean i guess if you're only into like specific genres or if you're super casual and you just want to see the next big marvel movie which if you do we have a series for you but we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um but yeah i think nice the, way I think, to put that in here <laughs> I think the average person who watches a decent amount of movies, which I'm assuming is the people who listen to a movie podcast, uh, are going to find something of value in this. And I think if you have any sort of troubled past trauma or depression or anxiety or any major mental illness, uh, you know, anything like that, I think this will speak to you even more. And I think it handles it with respect and care. So I'm going to recommend it. Uh, not the strongest, but, you know, solid enough uh, where I think most everyone will enjoy. It definitely so we got two rec- keeps it oh. realistic and not um, it's not unrealistic in how these things are being handled. And it's not like there's a cure overnight for somebody like some f- films like to portray. This shows that. You know, some of these themes could be such an ongoing thing in people's lives. I think that's why this one works particularly well, because they're not giving us the cure-all right away. It's really just showing a day in the life, pretty much. I think it's an effective, yeah, effective mm-hmm. movie for, for those people, especially. So it's it's two recommends and one kind of, a, and uh, not quite recommend, uh, for, for Perks of Being a Wallflower. So that's... Uh, that's where we stand on that one. Uh, you know, a little bit of a slighter episode, but we got a lot of other stuff going on right now. When I say other stuff, I mean another mini series that we're doing right now. Uh, Nicole <laughs> and I are in the middle of our Marvel minis series, uh, where we are going through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, all 23 movies that are currently out, doing little 10 minute episodes on each one. Uh, if you're hearing this, we're probably closing in, if not. Well, probably closing in on the halfway point. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's been quite a fun ride, Nicole, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, mixed, mixed bag from Nicole so I far. So if you want to check those out. spoil my opinions. You have to go listen. If you want to check that out, those are going to be on your feed. They're popping up one a day uh, and for the next couple of weeks here. So go check that out if you're a Marvel fan. Or if you've never seen them and you want to see what someone who has also never seen them thinks of them. And you don't care about spoilers because if you haven't seen them, I'm assuming you don't care about the big 
crazy storyline arcs and you just kind of want to watch a movie so uh we're doing that right now and we're still doing our regular shows every monday and thursday uh coming up we have mystic river uh i have my host pick coming up so we'll talk a little bit more about oh that boy. on the next episode uh, i think i'm rolling every, to the max <laughs> every, everyone's everyone no one is excited for this i've watched well, everyone else's host pick yet, just so they use now i'm hoping you'll get something out of it uh so stay tuned for that and then we also got um and we also have uh, what do we? Oh, killing of a sacred deer. We decided to put on there because we we had some interest in that. Um, and then yeah, we're still taking listener suggestions because movie theaters still not really open for the most part yet. Uh, so send those to films with the women in my life on Facebook. You can send them to me at Brennan underscore Podhost on Instagram. You can reach out on Twitter at Films Women Pod, and you can email the show Films with the Women at gmail.com. Thank you guys for being on for Perks of Being yeah. a Wallflower. Thank you. Sorry you didn't like the movie you picked for us, Jess. Uh, until <laughs> next time. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, until We've next time, this is... <laughs> we, have, we have all been there. Until next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.